Hey there, this is Pastor Corey, and welcome to the Branch Life Podcast. After you're done listening, I invite you to connect with us at branchlife.church to make sure you're up to date with everything going on at Branch Life. Want to share what you heard today? Subscribe to our YouTube channel and share this video with someone you want to encourage. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope that this presentation helps you connect with Christ and challenges you to reach those around you with the good news of Jesus. My name is Pastor Scott, and I'm one of the pastors here, and I've asked the Riviello family to come up, and they're going to help us this evening with what I'm sure is a game that will soon be sweeping the nation. Uh, So we're going to first ask them their names so that they can introduce ourselves. We'll start with Dad here. I'm Henry. I'm Kenny. No. All right. That's Olivia. (laughs) Olivia. Anna May. Anna May. Henry Jr. All right, so... This is a very exciting game. You can hear the music. It's getting tensions building. Okay, this is the game that's going to be coming across America. You'll be playing it with all your friends and family, and it's called It's called, it's coming. There we go. It's called Witch Tree. Yeah. All right. So how this game works is uh, Henry, the younger, and uh, Anna Mae, we'll have you guys team up there, and then Henry can work with his kids there. And they're going to have a chance to answer a question here. So we'll start with Dad and the young ones here, and you're going to guess, okay? So this is a fig. You want to see the fig? Do you want to hold it? It kind of, it's starting to open up a little bit, so it's a little, all right, a little, little squishy. All right, so you have to pick which tree is the fig tree. Okay, so is it the one on the left or is it the one on the right? So dad's going to give us the answer. You can confer among yourselves which one do you think it is? The one on the left or the one on the right? Right, we need an answer. I think on the left. On the left. They're going to the left and they are correct. So they jump out to a commanding Yes, give them applause. Give them applause. So Henry and Anna Mae, the next one here. I got too many things in my hand. Tabitha, if you can help me out. Our next one are grapes, okay? So which, which tree or plant are the grapes from? You guys uh, confer among yourselves. What do you think is the answer? The right one. The right one. And you are correct. All right. I thought this might happen. Thought this might happen. Now, we are playing for prizes tonight. In addition to the fruit, you will get some Hershey's chocolate, all right? So this is the important one, all right? So the younger ones are going to get a chance to answer this next one. If you get it right, Dad gets to divvy out the chocolate, okay? If you get it wrong, they'll get to divvy out the chocolate, and Dad and Mom might have something to say about it. So the next one is starfruit. Starfruit. So this is a starfruit. This is the fruit. This is it. So is it the right or the left tree there? They're getting close. They're looking. What do you think? It's the right. They are correct. So here's your very first starfruit. There you go. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Don't eat that all right now. Listen to your father. And here's some fruit for you guys for the week for lunches, all right? Thank 
Have a great night. Thank you. Let's give them a round of applause. As they're coming down, all of our branch kids can join them and head off to branch kids. Keep the love going for our branch kids. We love you. Have a great night. Thank you to our workers. Well, that uh, silly little game uh, that, that we started out with kind of helps us jump into our conversation this evening. And the reality is, and, and as I got thinking about this, you know, trees and, and fruit and, and plants that produce fruit never really do that for themselves, right? So they're either producing a fruit that has a seed in it that may one day become a new tree or vine or something like that, or they're, they're, they're producing fruit that's going to be harvested and eaten by others. So, so trees hardly ever produce fruit for themselves. And we've been talking for the last few weeks uh, in our series, Welcome Home, about making our values visible. And, and we're going to talk again about that tonight. And I'm excited to talk with this idea about generosity about doing things that are not necessarily for our own benefit, but for others. And in the same way as trees and fruit in that is for the sake of others, our church, as one of our core values, is for other people. Now we're going to kind of keep coming back to that, those trees and that a little bit this evening, and we're going to actually see from our passage of Scripture where uh, at least those two fruits are mentioned uh, but, but we want to remind you kind of, of where we've been and, and what we've been talking about. This may uh, not be working at all tonight, so uh, if you can help me out, Tabitha, that'd be great. If uh, we can't get this going, I'll still click to help you know. But we started with the idea, we're, we're launching this series from John 3.16, one of the most famous verses in the Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And we, we started, and Pastor Josh reminded us that God is for our world. God is for Pottstown and the area communities. God is for you. And that's a great place to start. And then we thought about the idea of, of prayer and, and how all of this needs to be bathed in prayer first so that these things can happen with God's help and not in our own strength. And then last week we highlighted the commitment to truth that we have. The commitment to truth that we have. God sent his son who said he was the way, the truth, and the life. And we are committed to Jesus and the truths of scripture. And then we want to present them in a way for the world that they can understand in a way that's connected to culture. And tonight we're going to keep thinking about this and we're going to think about this theme of, of generosity and, and look at this together from Scripture. Uh, generosity is, is something in my life that I strive to, strive to be. I want to be generous with my family. And when it comes time for Christmas and gifts and that, we, we don't really spend a whole lot of time thinking about Okay, how are we, you know, what's the budget? Or, like, well, 
we'll get what we need to get for people and, and we strive to be generous. I try to be generous with my friends and with a group that I'm connected with and, and different things like that. But you know when it gets hard for me to be generous is when maybe uh, people haven't <laughs> treated me real well. And, and maybe they've hurt me in, in one way or another somewhere along the way. And then to think that I am supposed to then go and be generous uh, towards them, it gets real pretty quick. How are you doing in your generosity? Are you a, are you a generous person? Many of you here are, and we are so thankful for that. And we're just going to keep trying to fan that flame uh, to, to have it infect our church. But maybe some of us are, are in a station of life and say, well, I'm a student and I'm, I've just got bills and debt that's mounting and, and now we're going to talk about gener- how in the world am I supposed to be generous? Or maybe you've recently reached retirement age or you're getting close or, or that to, and that say and it, the, the idea of a fixed income is beginning to be a, more and more of a reality. You say, oh, well, I don't know what generosity is going to look like in this, this stage of my life, and, and I've been generous and giving as I've had income, and I've invested that, and I don't know how all that's supposed to work. Am I now supposed to give out of my, you know, and I don't have the answers uh, for that one yet either. We'll work through it together, but, but you wrestle with these questions. Maybe you're somewhere in the middle of those two things and you're saying, I, I want to be more generous or, or I don't really have time to think about it and, and honestly I'm just busy and I'm, I'm just thankful I'm here or maybe watching online from, from home tonight. And, and I want to, as we dive into this, this conversation, uh, and that is a great reality to start with. And it's this, that, that God never calls us to produce generosity out of our circumstances. God never calls us to produce generosity out of our circumstances. The the call from God about generosity is not, well, hey, when you've got it all figured out, when, 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 when you've got enough money, when you've got enough time, when you've got enough resources or abilities, then it's okay to start being generous. And I think sometimes we approach life in that sort of way that, that okay, when these things get together, then, then I can start. Let's, let's think about those trees again. And uh, this is, is our, uh, our apple tree tonight. And, and we think about, okay, those apples are going to be generosity and are going to represent generosity in our life. And, and we want this to... To, to come, and, and our circumstances are the leaves surrounding them, and, and although the, the, the circumstances impact things, and you get energy in that, that's not really where the nutrition comes from that's going to produce healthy and big and large fruit of generosity. What we want to base our generosity in and where we want our generosity to grow from is down in the roots, in God's identity of who God is. 
And just to remind, this is a maxim that I repeat to myself and to others a lot, that who God is shapes what we do. Who God is shapes what we do. And we're going to see this play out in our passage tonight. And I invite you to, to, to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 6, Luke chapter 6, and we're going to think through this, this passage together. Uh, if you're following along online, we have our notes that are available each week, and you can do that at branchlife.church and email them to, your, to yourself. And we want to think about this idea that who God is shapes what we do in the area of generosity. Let me start with these two verses uh, from, uh, from Luke chapter 6, verses 34 and 35. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. And the lesson that I, that I want us to take away from, from this evening, uh, from these verses and the surrounding passage, is this, that God's generosity fuels our generosity. God's generosity to us fuels us to be generous. It's not the circumstances of our life. It's not whether we're having a good week or we've gotten the raise at work or we've gotten the, uh, uh, a less schedule. God's generosity fuels our generosity. Our passage tonight talks about God's kindness to us when we were enemies of his and his mercy upon us. And so we ask the question, how is God's kindness and mercy generous? How is God's kindness and mercy generous? Now let's go back to that, that John 3.16 verse and think about it from there to start with. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. God so loved the world that he gave. He gave the most generous gift that he could ever give. And it was a gift that was wrapped in kindness and mercy. Not to people that were his friends, not to people that loved him, but to you and me who were dead in our sins. And so we start and we remind ourselves that God in his great work of sending Jesus shows us this amazing generosity of kindness and mercy. And we invite you tonight, <laughs> if you are here and happen to have not yet understood this great gift that's available to you. We invite you to believe. To do what that verse says, whoever believes in his name shall not perish. You will not be separated from God forever in hell. But when you believe that he died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sins and that he rose 
from the grave to defeat sin and death and give you life with God that lasts forever. You will have life that is eternal with God. And we ask and we plead, if you're here tonight and have not yet internalized that message uh, for yourself, that tonight would be the night that you take that step of belief. And we would invite you to do it right now. Here's a simple prayer that we often say a version of here at church, and, and it's not these words, but it's, it's, the, it's the belief in your heart, but this may help you express it, and you can do this right now in your seat. You can say, Lord, I, I know I'm a sinner, and I'm sorry. I believe you, Jesus, died for my sins and rose from the dead. Today, right now, this evening, I'm deciding to trust in you to save me from my sins. Thank you for saving me. And if you've done that, you are now one of God's children and you've received the gift of his mercy and kindness to you that will last forever. We would love to celebrate with you and we'd just ask that you take that card, that next step card, and and check the box that you've decided to follow Jesus tonight and we would love to celebrate with you. As we continue to think, though, about this this theme of, of generosity and how this plays out, in our series and in this passage. And we think about, okay, how is this mercy and kindness given? And how does this help us know to be, ser- to, to be generous? We're going to see some principles, and we're just going to go through pretty quickly this passage and just run down some of the ways that Jesus talks about based in God's mercy and kindness that he is generous towards us And that then we can be generous towards others. So the first one that we're going to look at is in verse 27 of Luke chapter 6. And it says this, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Love your enemies. What does it mean to be a generous person that's characterized by by mercy and kindness? You love your enemies. It's easy to be generous (laughs) or easier to be generous to those that, that like you and that support you. But really, as this passage lays out, if it's limited to that, if it's limited to the people in your life that like you and support you and that you love and support and that naturally, that's not real biblical generosity. Generosity extends to people that are far from God, that are far from you, that maybe have hurt or damage you, or have the potential to do that. And that's a big ask, but we remind ourselves with each of these, that's what Jesus did. That's what God did. He came and loved us to give us life with him. The passage goes on to show us how to do that, and it says the next part of the verse there, uh, do good to those who hate you. Do good to those that, that, that hate you. We can't just talk about loving people. We can't just talk about being generous. We have to extend goodness to others. And again, Jesus and God is the example of what he did. He sent his son. He did good. And not only that, Jesus spent his entire earthly ministry doing good to people that made fun of him, that questioned who he was, 
that said he was a blasphemer. He spent three years with a guy named Judas who ultimately betrayed him, doing good on a daily basis. We do good to those who hate you. The passage continues, and and we jump down, and, and we look at verse 29. To the one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from the one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. We're to offer the other cheek. And what that means is this, that personal harm or the potential for personal harm is not the barometer for us being generous or not. We need to be willing to risk getting hurt for the sake of generosity. And if we've been hurt, (laughs) we have to be willing to keep being generous. And that's not to say that we just let people run all over us, because Jesus didn't do that either, but, but to to be willing to keep being generous to people even when maybe they've harmed us. If that wasn't hard enough, the next one, verse 30, give to everyone who begs from you. And from the one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. Be willing to invest in people even when you don't want to. Be willing to give to them. We often have the the inner dialogue, and there's a case for wisdom in all of that, and and, and tonight's not the night to delve into all of that, but we have the inner, well, yeah, but (laughs) this person is is going to to do this if I I give them that money or if I help them in that way, and that's that's not going to be a good choice. Yeah, yeah, but I, I'm not sure what's going to happen next week for me. And, and you're, I, what? I'll just leave you with <laughs> Jesus' words here. Give to everyone who begs from you. We got to wrestle with what that looks like and what that means. Jesus, <laughs> again, people would come, oh, you're a Gentile. You don't get to see Jesus. No, no. I'll give even to them. Oh, you're unclean. You don't get to see or touch Jesus. No, no. Bring them. I'll heal them. I'll make them clean. We give to everyone who begs from us. The next one, do to others as they would do to you. The, the golden rule. Uh, Jesus spoke to people and complimented them when they exhibited faith. Uh, he praised those that were honorable. He lived a life that was focused on a generous spirit towards other people. He didn't talk bad about people. When there was things that needed to be confronted, sure, he did that, but but he was kind and generous and spoke well of other people that came into his life and that were commendable. We should be quick to treat others the way that they would treat us, to speak well of them, 
to do good for them, to help them out. To, when they're in a jam, that, that we would enter in and, and provide assistance because we would hope people would do the same thing for us, right? We do to others as, as they would do to us. Here's another hard one to, to swallow. Verse 35. We talked about it earlier. Or we mentioned it. Love your enemies and do good and lend. Expecting nothing in return. Expect nothing in return. Okay, unless you've been living, visiting your, your relatives on the, the, the moon over the last couple of weeks, you've probably heard the phrase quid pro quo. And we won't go into all the politics related to, to, to what all of that's going on, but it's on our radar, right? You do this for me, I'll do that for you. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. It's a common way of doing business around the world and, and, and here. And, and, and again, without getting into the political ethics of our current mess, uh, that's a way that we approach life. If I help this person out, maybe they'll help me out. If I give this to them, maybe they'll give me something in, the, in return when I need it. Jesus says that's the wrong approach to generosity. You give to people and give freely. Don't expect anything in return. We want to love on Pottstown. We want this church to be filled with people in Pottstown. But you know what? If none of the people from the middle school ever come to, Pot to Branch Life on Sunday night, it's still a wonderful thing and something that we should be involved in to fill this stage with stuff to give to the kids so that they can have a great experience on their sixth grade camping trip. Because it's not about what we get out of it. Jesus didn't need us. It wasn't like, oh man, I really hope Scott when he's five years old, is going because I really need that to fulfill that peace that's missing in me. No, Jesus gave. And God is clear, and he says, whoever believes, <laughs> we give and expect nothing in return. The next one, don't judge. Okay, in this passage, verse 37, judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Listen, people use this verse a, a lot of ways. And kind of like the Princess Bride, I don't think the way you're using that is what that word really means. Okay? Now this, these, this phrase is used in Matthew, and it's got its own context there. But in this passage, notice, Jesus is saying, judge not, lest you be judged. Don't condemn, or you will be condemned. In the context of generosity, he is saying, don't sit there and pick and choose and cherry pick the people you're going to be genera generous to. Oh, that person is a really good prospect to branch life and they'll make our church look good. I'm going to be generous to them. Don't judge. That guy has got a mess of a life. And if his kids started coming to branch life, 
I'm not sure I want my kids there. Don't judge. And when later on it says that, that you'll have, <laughs> don't try to get the speck out of someone else's eye because you've got the log in your eye. We remember here, again, that's in the context of generosity. We were enemies of God when he entered into our life and saved us. And for us to look and say, that person doesn't dress the right way, or that person lives on the wrong side of the river, or that person goes to the wrong school, or has this problem, or that problem, I'm not going to be generous. (laughs) Don't judge. We're generous to who God brings into our life. And that's why uh, this idea of generosity ties in with this idea of unity. And God is generous to us because, not because, because of who he is, not, not because of who we are. And that's why at Branch Life we talk a lot about unity and about being better together. We believe that we are better together. John 3.16 says, whosoever believes, let us not ever be a church, and let me make it personal, let you not ever be a church, a person that has to go through the mental checklist of, uh, can I see your resume before I uh, am generous to you? God calls us to radical generosity because that's what he gave to us through his son, Jesus Christ. The passage continues. uh, And it says, Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Be willing to choose to not bring something up with another person in a way that will harm them or damage them or cause them to feel guilt. To be generous to others in forgiving. Elsewhere in the Gospels, how many times do we have to forgive? (laughs) 70 times. Forgive, keep forgiving, do it again and again and again. Be generous in your forgiveness. And then lastly, we see here that that we're to give. Give, verse 38, and it will be given to you. And look what happens when we adopt this type of attitude. Give and it will be given to you good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. When we are generous to others, God sees that and is generous to us. We have an eternity with God where he is going to lavish on us the riches of his grace. And it started right now, but it will continue for the rest of our existence, even beyond death. Will you give? 
Will you be generous to other people? And just wait to see what God will do. He says, I'm going to pour out. You can't even hold it all. It's just going to run all over and the blessings that you're going to receive. God's generosity fuels our generosity. God has been so generous to us in so many different ways, ultimately through sending his son, Jesus Christ. And tonight we've looked at this kind of through the lens of mercy and kindness. But I invite you tomorrow night, I'm going to jump on, on Facebook Live and that, and we're going to talk about some other ways and some other lenses that maybe we could think about it, and six more generous characteristics about God. And so we invite you to jump on there at 9 o'clock, and uh, we'll have a good interaction. If there's questions that you have, I invite you to write them on your next step card. But this is the type of church that we want to be. We want to be a church that strives to be radically generous with our time, with our energy, with our resources for the sake of our community. And that's why, and I would love to say that this was planned, that we had this project tonight, but God and his providence said, hey, we're going to help you out. That's why when we hear of a need, we jump on Facebook and everything and we get the word out and we say, hey, bring stuff. That's why we, at our launch Sunday, gave a portion of our offering to help raise funds for, for a new canine dog in the North Coventry uh, Police Department. That's why on our serve day, we had car washes to help local children's charities. That's why when you're a guest and you fill out a card, we want you to, to let us know so that we can give $5 in your honor to, to one of four charities. That's, that's why we give and we participate in different community events and, and help out with food drives and, and different projects. That's why we want our groups to, on a regular basis, be engaging in service of our community community. That's why one of our groups and some individuals for our groups packed hundreds of backpacks with food for needy families so that they would have food over the weekend at uh, a local charity. That's why we highlight and talk about other ministries. We want to be a church that is radically generous to our community. We mentioned those fruits earlier in the service. And this is where we get it. <laughs> Verse 43 in our passage, it says this, For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from the bramble bush, our right and left here, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. How are you doing in the area of generosity? Are you producing good fruit? If it's a challenge for you, 
Remember, our circumstances aren't where we get the fuel to generate the good fruit of generosity. It comes from God's identity, from who he is. He is merciful. He is kind. He is good. He is gracious. He is giving. Reflect upon God's goodness. And I can guarantee (laughs) it'll help you be a more generous person. We want to ask a question tonight. Uh, And it's this. How will you be generous this week? And I want to give you some time uh, here, uh, two or three minutes to, to take, and I'm going to do the same thing up here, to answer this question on your next step card. And then to, to pray about it and to say, God, help me to do this. Help me not to just muster this up because Pastor Scott talked about it, but help me to do this because I'm captivated by who you are and what you've done for me. And then, as God enables and gives you opportunity this week, that you would actually do it. That you would go out and be generous people. And when someone asks you why, you can say, because Jesus has been generous to me. Let's pray, and then you'll have a couple of minutes to to work on your card. Lord, thank you for this evening. God, thank you for your great, rich mercy and kindness. Thank you for the example of Jesus that did all of these things, who loved his enemies, who did good, not expecting anything in return, who, who didn't judge people and withhold his generosity from them. He, when they asked, he gave. God, help us as individuals to be these types of people. Help us as a church to continue to be more and more radically generous, generous so that people can understand just a little bit of the generosity that you've showed to us in Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.
let me invite you to think about how you'll be generous to, to do that. Uh, the trip for the sixth graders is not until December, so if you want to contribute in that way next week, that would be a great expression of generosity. The conclusion of our service, you'll have a chance to drop these uh, in the, the buckets, and we would love to, to pray along with you uh, for these times to be generous uh, this week and to celebrate with you. God, we commit these acts of generosity to you, and we pray that you would use them to show people Jesus. Thank you.